Gentlemen, welcome to episode 161 of Tell Me Where to Turn. This may be the longest dry spell we've had in the history of the show. It's a big one. It's uh, about five weeks, huh? Yeah, December 4th was the last time that we came <laughs> oh, God. together. I put myself in a tight spot there. I was talking about dry spell. Dry spell. <laughs> Yeah, that got messy in a hurry there. <laughs> but sometimes that happens when you've been in a long dry spell. It can happen in a hurry. You just things just happen faster than you expect and here we are. Forty five seconds. So one sixty one. Here we go. So you can find me on Twitter at Tommy two underscore zero. Uh you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. I was curious, is that the only place <laughs> that we can find Point Break Dave these days? I don't know. We've been off for a few weeks. I, I haven't done anything really that notable in that amount of time. Glenn's outside freelance work has been well documented, although he won't own up to it on this show. But Glenn, I... I wanted to ask you, you didn't start your own podcast over the break, did you? No, I definitely did not do that. Okay, yeah, no, I, um, judging by the amount of uh, Christmas ornaments that I had to move off of our mixer here, I don't, I didn't start my own podcast. <laughs> how would I post, how would I post my own podcast? We'll get to that. Dave, you didn't start your own podcast over the break, did you? I did. I did. And should I go ahead and put on my cup and jockstrap now or in, in preparation for the line of questioning I'm sure is coming? Well, I don't know. I mean, somebody who is on a podcast called the Swole Society, would he even really require protective equipment? <laughs> so, Dave, take us to the Swole Society. What, what do you gentlemen want to know? So How do we get in? Yeah, when you... <laughs> <laughs> when you were, uh, were you, when you came up with this idea, were you in the middle of a set of curls, or had you just finished a set of curls? I think that's the first question. Um, no, I was uh, obviously I was deadlifting when the idea came to me. We, we're offering you the forum here in front of our tens of listeners to promote your new show, The Swole Society. Tell us what we could expect. What do we have to look forward to? Um. Not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be as entertaining as this podcast unless you go to the gym a lot and then hopefully it will be entertaining. Let's put it that way. Cause it's very niche. It's very, uh, it's for people that go to the gym and that's, and that's, that's fair. And I've, uh, I've taken in the first two episodes and essentially episode one is kind of, uh, do's and don'ts for the gym. Is that like lift and with your knees and exhale? <laughs> well, no, it's more it, don't be a huge clown at the gym and annoy everyone. Oh. It's more of those do's and don'ts. Well, do you don't take show up in khakis and some keds or something like that. <laughs> and uh, I think episode two is uh, more the, the host's kind of goals and aspirations for this year from the lifting and work, working out perspective. It's true. 
Glenn, have you have you been back in the gym, or are you still on COVID ban? Well, I I returned briefly, so probably early October I started going back, and I went until about a week, week and a half before Thanksgiving, and then I stopped going because I figured I would feel bad if I ended up killing a family member because I wanted to go to the gym. So I, it's been it's been a couple months. That's fair. What if over Thanksgiving or Christmas when you were with your relatives, a large dresser or something fell on them and you couldn't lift it off and you killed them by not going to the gym? Have you ever thought about that? That seems kind of unlikely. So I didn't give much thought to it, but it does raise a good point. Tell me about the origin of the name The Swole Society, because first of all, if there are t-shirts or hats, I want one. <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, there was there were several names thrown out, and just so happened that that was the uh, that was the one that that was the one that got chosen. So humble. He is, man. I was just, I was expecting more self-promotion. I think we're going to have to just make uh, what's going on at the Swole Society be a, uh, a regular staple of the show. Dave, why don't you give us just one workout tip here before we get on to other items on the show? Just one Swole Society-approved workout tip for today. Always warm up. You got an example of, of what need, you would do? I'm going to need an example of what that is Cause, because cause for me, warming would, up is jogging from my car in the parking lot into the door. I was going to say for me, it's once I've walked in and I'm walking up to the first bench or machine and kind of doing the swing the arms back and forth <laughs> three times, and that's my warm up. Both of you are doing that very poorly. The Honestly, the best warm up is some kind of stretching and body weight stuff but if you don't want to do that you could just do like a few sets of much lighter weight first but the people that just walk in there load up the bar on the bench press and just start going it's gonna you're gonna be out of the gym due to injury it'll happen sooner or later trust me but can i put just light weight on there first yeah. no, okay. that's a that's a decent way to warm up that's sure. that's what i do what if my actual workout is just body weight and stretching? What should I do to warm up? Well, are you in the demon Finn Balor paint or just the normal Finn Balor? <laughs> I only dress up as a demon for one pay-per-view a year, sir. <laughs> Glenn, did you just open like a tiny bottle of Patron and pour it in a cup? I did. I just did my, I think it's my first tequila shot since Baltimore. <laughs> oh my God. Well, what could go wrong? I don't know. It's getting 2021 started. All right. Well, mm. we'll 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 follow back around on the Swole Society at some point. Well, can I can I ask you some questions, Tommy? Well, yeah, absolutely. I want to do this kind of like a uh, like a polygraph. I want yes or no answers only. Okay. Okay. Were you at the location? where Timothy McVeigh bought the racing fuel <laughs> for the Oklahoma City bombings. Listen, you know the answer to that is yes. That's, that's, that's yes or no. Yes. You know the, the rules of this game. Yes, but I, I don't like where this were is going. Were 
were you not only at the location but very much involved in the Ebola outbreak in Dallas, Texas? Take offense to the involved part of it. Yes, I was at the location. Have you recently moved to Nashville? <laughs> yes. And what happened in Nashville over <laughs> Christmas? Hey, we celebrated freedom. We didn't wear a mask. Maybe people some, did some camping in a recreational vehicle. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could have happened. So, what what is the deal with that place? And we got a guy who blew up in, like, was it three blocks? And then you've got citizens from that area storming the Capitol and almost getting shot in the face. <laughs> It was one guy in both instances, okay? One guy in the RV, one guy went to the Capitol, okay? Let's just get that straight. It was a strange Christmas day, you guys. I um, We had opted to go with the TV channel that just shows the log in the fireplace. Ooh, it's a go-to. And I like it. that log was not giving us breaking news updates. <laughs> <laughs> it was just doing its usual thing that a log does and burning. <laughs> So we we went through our Christmas morning and gift giving without uh, understanding the fact that, yes, there had been an incident in downtown Nashville. Can I stop you real quick? Because I find it hard to believe, knowing Tommy the way I do, that despite what, if there was no news on TV... If DraftKings or FanDuel went five minutes without being available, he would know about it. <laughs> well, it's funny how this played out. So Christmas morning, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock when we were doing present opening and general merriment and revelry, everything was fine. The bomb went off early in the morning. I think the bomb went off around 7 a.m. The uh, Nothing really affected my life at that point so we had at some point had heard the news that the bomb had gone off and you know early reports were pretty quickly that nobody was hurt so we you know we did we knew we didn't have a mass casualty event on our hands and and to be honest with you once i found out that news i really didn't think much of it and about eleven thirty in the afternoon um i probably was going to check FanDuel or DraftKings just to make sure you know nothing uh, nothing big had happened that I needed to <coughs> stream a quick uh, Marlins bats in a impromptu Christmas Day game that might have just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my phone wasn't working. It had no no bars, and it was showing the little Wi-Fi connected symbol, but it wasn't working. So I thought, oh, okay, this is great. So I reset my router, did some pretty high-level work on it. I pulled the power cord out of the wall, counted to five, and plugged it back in, and still didn't have any internet so at that point i thought well man that's weird something you know something's going on but never it never in my mind equated back to the bomb because the bomb you know just sounded like a kind of a non-event at the time we didn't get the news of where exactly it was we just knew a guy had uh had blown himself up so uh about two or three o'clock we've been you know three or four hours without service i told my wife i said i'm gonna jump in the car and just drive uh out of the neighborhood and just get cell service because i just assumed there was probably a tower down in our neighborhood. There hadn't been a tower up in our neighborhood in a long time. That's a <laughs> whole other situation. Uh, that's another podcast. That's for the swole society. That's for the unswole society. <laughs> well, 
it had never occurred to me that there's a device in the truck that could have been, been very beneficial to me called a radio. So when I'm when as soon as I start my vehicle up, I back out of the driveway. I'm not even out off our street, and they are saying widespread AT&T outages uh, all across Nashville. So I just kind of hung my head, put my truck in reverse, back down the street, pulled back in the driveway, and went in to inform my wife, like, hey, we, we have a problem here. AT&T's out. So we were able to commandeer a phone from our neighbor, um, you know, check in with the, uh, with the parents, let them know, like, hey, you know, there wasn't a second bomb in, uh, in our part of Nashville. Everything's fine. So was this a landline or a n- another network cellular? Um, Let's just put it put it this way: those commercials that say Verizon uh, has you covered with the world's most powerful five G network, they may be onto something. They may not be lying because <laughs> their network was powerful enough to withstand the bomb. Well, I've been to your neighborhood, so I was assuming it wasn't cricket wireless. <laughs> I take great offense at that, sir. But uh, what ended up happening is. Because of the where the bomb went off, it had set a fire in an AT&T switching center. And, you know, fast forward to the end of the story, we were completely without internet or cell phone service for 48 hours. And uh, wow. as someone who also gets their TV via internet, mm. we were resorted to talking to each other, putting together a jigsaw puzzle and finding some old DVDs to watch. It was quite wow. a uh, quite an interesting forty eight hours. I did I did tap out a couple times and go to the um, local establishments that had Wi Fi to place a bet or two because you know we got to keep got to keep the wheels greased around here. But it was a very strange, very strange experience not having having any access or any contact with the outside world. So you texted us and said this was worse in your mind than the Oklahoma City bombing <laughs> because of the internet outage. Sir, I would not have been able to text you because my phone didn't work. So From that Verizon would, phone, just from a different number. <laughs> my neighbor looks at his phone after I leave. He's like, what, what did this guy do? This is unbelievable. It's the most Were callous you... response. Were you more or less involved in this bombing than the Oklahoma City? If that's a serious question, less. <laughs> I didn't hold the door for Timothy McVeigh, if that's what you're asking. But here's where it got weird. It wiped out 911 for every county around Nashville. Uh, AT&T apparently administers 911 service. So they, you know, well, they don't have redundancies well, in place for that. They don't. So what they did is on the on the um, con- like construction signs and and traffic signs that are the LED signs that are customizable. They put up a just a ten digit phone number. It said, "Call this number for emergencies because nine one one's not working." Well, w- the odds of this are crazy. But two different people I knew got into a situation on Christmas Day where they needed nine one one. And weren't able to get through, which is insane. But but listen to both of these stories. So, hold on, real quick though. But sorry, like even if you knew the ten digit number, if you needed them, you were still out of luck because you didn't have a phone that worked, right? Correct. You have to have yes. You you do have to have a phone that so, works to make a phone call. That is accurate. Well, I'm just saying, like <laughs> beyond nine one one being down, which is unfathomable that they don't have redundancies for that. The fact that 
most of the city doesn't have phones. Yeah. It's also no, this a problem. Is, this, is a, this is a real problem. So listen to what happens. Um, lady that I'm a coworker with that lives very close, I mean, not even a mile away, she's out in the backyard, notices smoke coming out of their neighbor's house, um, can't, does, she has AT&T phone, can't do anything, runs to another neighbor's house and says, you got to call 911, their house is on fire. He calls 911, can't get through. So then they're all running around scrambling, trying to find somebody that can figure out the right number to call. Uh, and the house burned to the ground. Uh, a, a very nice home burned to the ground. And, and, of course, the fire department got there eventually. But they figure, you know, they were 10 to 15 minutes delayed trying to figure out how to notify the authorities. Just insane. Well, even more insane, uh, one of my really good friends at work is at home with his family. So he's got a, a teenager, I guess probably like a college-age daughter who's home because uh, of COVID and a wife. Somebody starts uh, trying to break into his home, and it turns out to be a, a deranged person. Uh, not it was somebody kicking on his front door. Well, he can't call nine one one because he has no phone service. So his daughter, they had they had an internet provider that was not AT and T. His daughter sent a Facebook message to somebody outside of Tennessee to call nine one one from their state to send the police to their house, and it actually worked. But not until after this guy had to hold the intruder at gunpoint, threatening to kill him, while the guy's ranting and raving about, you know, you've kidnapped my children or some some nonsense until the police can get there. So what are the odds of wow. two people that I know, and we, I don't even know that many people in Nashville, both needing 911 service on the day that it's out? Was this, man, that's a crazy story, was it? This through the door, or did the guy get into his house? No, he did. He said if the guy got into his house, he's dead. He's 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 got his door dead bolted. The guy's kick like kicking at the door, trying to kick it down, and he's holding a gun on the door, saying like, "I have a gun. If you come in here, I'm shooting you." Probably the probably the way to play it. Yeah, and I and I told him I said, you know, you exercise great restraint because I probably wouldn't have squeezed one off through the door. <laughs> it wouldn't have been Please. the first time. <laughs> At least, you know, been poised and had your wife open the door, and as soon as he walks in, RKO. <laughs> just, just out of nowhere. So, of and nowhere. Th- this was all, that was all on Christmas Day, or this is just the Christmas holidays? No, this was Christmas Day. That's crazy. Yeah. What, what is a crazy person doing walking around on Christmas Day? They're supposed well, he's to be looking for their, his kidnapped children. I already told you that. It's, their crazy family. Did he have a bomb? No, but uh, yeah. Here, look at look at this though. Um, check this out. Well, hold on. See if you can see this through the uh, the camera. That's that's a house burning to the ground with no fire oh, department wow. in sight. Can you believe that? Boy, that wow. is. Yeah, it's a pretty strong imagery there. I gotta tell you. Yeah, a six episode documentary out of that. <laughs> well, the listeners will enjoy that photograph. They just. <laughs> Hey, I mean, so, it's not swole society, but we're trying our best. So just imagine just the picture of a family losing literally everything. And there you go. On Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were Jewish. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and one last thing for me, and then I, I feel like uh, Glenn's calling for the ball. Right after Christmas, I almost saw a guy die. Okay. Have you ever hmm. Have you ever had to stop and render aid 
No, I don't think so. Let me ask you this. No? Have you ever had to stop and render aid on a golf course? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no. My uh, friend, friend of mine uh, and I were out playing a nice post-Christmas round. In fact, this was the day, this was just a couple days after. This was right after cell phones became a thing again. And, uh, of course, it was very crowded. It was a beautiful day. I think it was mid-60s, The uh, right after Christmas. Everybody's off work. And uh, we're out at a place called Greystone, which is about an hour outside of Nashville. And if you if you have time, uh, Google the course. It's just absolutely amazing. It's built uh, on a old stone quarry. And one of the features of this course is the different places. And you can see, if you go to their website, you can see the pictures online. Um, they have giant boulders uh, in different places in the course. Some of them are in, you know, adjacent to a fairway. Some of them are right off the cart path. And it's just it's just part of the aesthetic because it's built on the stone quarry. So keep that in mind. Uh, I've winged a few tee shots off boulders before. It's a tough thing unless it has a favorable bounce and then it's intentional. We were backed up uh, at number eight. So we were about to make the turn and uh, we were waiting. Uh, there was a group on the green, par three, waiting on a group on the uh, on the green and noticed that the, uh, the group behind us. So we were playing in a twosome. The other two guys that were supposed to show up never arrived. So we've been waiting a little bit all day. Well, there, there was a twosome behind us, a father and son combo. And the son's a young man. He's probably uh, in his early 20s. He approaches us on the uh, tee box and he says, hey, would you mind if my dad and I joined you guys uh, so we don't, we don't have to wait because the you know, group behind us is already kind of playing up? And we said, sure, you know, that's great. That'll make four and we'll just keep going. So we all introduced ourselves and he said we were playing from the back tees because we're men and uh, – we're pretty long off the tee. I think we've talked about that before. Uh, but the dad uh, is playing from the uh, the senior tees. So he says, um, he says, he's, you know, I'll hit back here with you guys, and my dad will play up uh, at the white tees. And I said, great. So we're, we're just having a conversation. Well, then out of my peripheral vision, I just hear this enormous crash. And then I hear the dad, who's now laying on the ground, face down on the ground screaming oh god oh god oh god so i thought oh no like did he get hit with a golf ball well no he did not what he did was he was in the passenger seat of the golf cart he was going to drive up to the white tee so he floored the gas pedal from the passenger seat clipped a boulder with the front of the cart went headfirst through the windshield ejected himself from the cart windshield out and fell face on the ground. Well, when we get to him, there's just blood streaming out of off of his face. I think it was all coming from his nose. And he's he's basically unconscious. He's kind of like after his like outburst of oh god, oh god, he's just laying on the ground like Ugh. so I um I grabbed a well, grabbed a golf towel, got him to apply some pressure. Did you tell him, Hey, I've got a lot of experience with nosebleeds. You're gonna have to go to the ER. <laughs> No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I did advise that he go to the ER. So I told him, I said, so he was, he was, he was, uh, had, was not aware of any of his faculties. So he's, he's kind of, he's, he's bleeding. I'm trying to get him to hold this towel because I'm not, it's COVID, man. I ain't touching his blood. Like, forget that. But I would offer him a towel. And I offered him a nice drink of water because 
after you've concussed you yourself, ahead? it's always nice to have some water, isn't it? Did you go ahead and hit, like, kind of throw in the towel, be like, hold on one second, let me just uh, get this six iron up to the green real fast. Yeah, I feel like the wind's into us just a little bit here. I might just club down. No, so I um, had the guy hold my golf towel, which uh, I never got back. I didn't want it back. It was blood all over it. Um, while I called the clubhouse to come get him and transport him to a uh, local medical facility. And yes, to answer your question, while we were waiting for the transport, I did hit my tee shot. So, so come at me. But he was, he was, at this point, he was seated, leaning against the golf cart, applying pressure. We had a little bit of time to kill. And so at what point did you... Figure it might stick one up there tight for a potential birdie opportunity. At what point... While you're waiting on transport, did you, you know, kind of shrug your shoulders and be like, so I, I guess we're a threesome now? Or hey, Yeah, what did listen, the son do? You're going to love what he did. So they came and got dad, and they were going to take him. They were calling an ambulance. He finished eight and nine with us and then peeled off at the turn to go check on his dad. Man. <laughs> and this guy is a legend. Because he put golf in its proper place of priority. And I asked him, I said, well, do you need to go? I can drive you back up there, you know, or I can fight, you know, whatever, you know, because the cart was debilitated because of the boulder. And, uh, and he said, no, I'm good. I'll just, you know, walk and then I'll, uh, I'll play these holes with you and then I'll, I'll meet him there. And he was like, you know, hey, what am I going to do? They're taking him to the hospital. You know, what? I'm not a doctor. So, quick question. Was, did he hit the boulder just because he wasn't paying attention or did someone like draw like a black kind of oval so it looked like a tunnel and he thought he could go through let's put it this way judging by the amount of white claw cans that went flying everywhere when this cart hit the boulder i'm thinking he might have thought he saw a tunnel or at least been trying to climb the boulder at minimum it just looked like the the kool-aid man had busted through those boulders but I've never, wow. I've never seen anything like that. And, and honestly, I mean, we're joking about it, but the, the sound and the violence of the impact was absolutely stunning for something you'd expect to see on a golf course. I mean, he went from full yeah. golf cart speed to dead stop instantly. And you know what they say, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. Well, he did. He stayed in motion right through the head first, right through the windshield. Wow. Yeah, I can't get... <laughs> I can't get past the, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've ever been around somebody that was really convinced they were about to die, like, it was that level of fear. Like, I mean, he thought he was dying. Like, that's what happened. Like, he was so shocked, and so it was so unexpected, and he was so loopy that he just, he just, like, panicked and was screaming. And, yes, another wow. group did ask to play through while we were waiting. <laughs> Did he, so he just hit his face like on the ground, right? It wasn't on the cart path or was it on the cart path? No, no. He, he was in the grass, the boulder. They don't put boulders in the cart path, which was probably, well, I thought it was design. like adjacent. No, he was just trying to scoot around us to get to the white tee so he could, he could be ready to tee it up after we hit. And, um, and, uh, yeah. So I think his injury was probably this face into the windshield. And then he's very lucky that he didn't, you know, sustain some type of a neck injury because, he, um, I mean, he was no body control at all coming through that window. I mean, it was, uh, it was just fortunate that he landed the way he did. Whew. He's probably never practiced a suicide dive before. Like, it wouldn't <laughs> have kicked in, like, oh, I've trained for this. 
no, just kind of rolled Yeah, into they didn't it. tell him to like tuck his chin and yeah, pull his arms in. Yeah, mm. he didn't know any of that. Well, speaking of golf, I returned to the golf course <laughs> recently. So have well. they put together a handicap golf league? I'm, I'm happy for you. For the first time since the summer of 2018, I Were you playing golf. with that guy from the commercial that's in the wheelchair with one arm that can hit it, <laughs> hit it like 500 yards? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but we, it was the day after Christmas, so we were probably pretty much docked as far as golf playing is concerned. It's nice and weather. I was up in the Broken Bow, Oklahoma area with the family. And so me and my dad and my brother-in-law were going to go play some golf that day. Turns out we didn't do any advanced research because it runs in the family not to. <laughs> but the golf course in Broken Bow was closed earlier in the year for renovations and to reopen in 2021. It wasn't damaged in the Oklahoma City bombing? I don't think so, but I can't okay. rule it out. And maybe they just now got it back open? So we headed about 15 miles south, I believe, to... Uh, no, it doesn't matter what direction. To Idabel, Oklahoma, to their golf course. Sounds like a made-up place. So we call, uh, you know, mid to late morning. Let's get a tea time. And we get one for, I think, one thirty. But uh, the girl working the counter basically says, hey, if you get here 30, 40 minutes before that, should be fine. You should be able to get right out. You don't have to stick with, with one thirty. So we get there about 12.30. Have a nice lunch. Let's head to the golf course. What was the name of the hotel that we stayed at in the Royal Rumble? Do you remember? The the nice one? No, the one that didn't have any fruit. What was it called? What are, oh, um... The Cambria? Was that it was? Yeah. Cambria, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So imagine if the Cambria Hotel ran a golf course. <laughs> they, for, they didn't have any holes? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's plenty of holes. Uh, so we get to the pro shop which is basically just kind of a small barn and uh walk in there and we're we're greeted at the desk and we let them know what name it's under it's under it's glenn 311 for for 130 and she's like oh okay uh well we don't have any car we don't have any carts we don't have any golf carts <laughs> we're like what well it's really busy today it's real busy today, and the, the course, other course is closed, so um, we don't have any carts right now, but we should have some pretty soon. So we're like, all right, pretty soon, meaning like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, here you can, you can hit a bucket of balls for free on the range and come back, and then we should, we should have some. So basically, so, so far you've had something to for, eat, and you've gone to the range. <laughs> so we're about to go to the range. Well, uh, me and my brother-in-law are doing all the – talking here and we kind of do the the cursory reach because you were worried your dad was gonna ask her about the awesome dog is that why he wasn't doing the talking (laughs) so um we kind of do the cursory reach for the wallet like okay well we'll pay for this now and she doesn't react at all like it's just like i'm almost to the point of saying can i pay for my round of golf or is that not a thing and she doesn't respond at all to the subtle cues. And then she's looking at us, and she's I think my dad had asked where the range was exactly. And so she points us to the range, and it's at this point we realize one of her eyes functions. 
And one of her eyes has kind of like a Ken Paxton trait to it. Because when she kind of points where the range is and turns her eyes, only one of them goes to the range and the other one is still looking at me and my brother-in-law. And we are now in the battle for who's not going to bust out laughing right in front of this poor like 19-year-old with a defect that they didn't ask for. No. So, I don't like so where this long, is headed. Long story short, we end up waiting for... We hit at the range. Uh, we grab a little, little snack on the house, by the way. Um, we end up waiting for like an hour and 40 minutes. S- what? Still no golf carts. Well, somebody's finished around by then. What's going on? A lot of the people that are playing there live in that area, and it's technically a country club. They have their own carts. So they're just bringing their own, and they're usually not very busy, but it was the holidays, and the other course was closed. Well, and they kept just bribed one of the locals and been like, hey, can I borrow this for four hours? And slipped him like they, a 20? They, uh, they kept telling us after about 45 minutes or an hour, multiple people came out and said, yeah, we're sorry. I think there's a group finishing pretty soon, but I'll tell you, we're, we're getting in a bunch of more, uh, a whole like shipment of carts this next week, so we'll have some next week. And we're like, yeah. we're like, first, that's when my dad speaks up. <laughs> He's basically like, well, that's not going to do me too good in Wise County, I can tell you that. So um, eventually we're at the point of, uh, do we just go back? And just not play. We haven't paid anything. We got to hit on the range and hang out. Uh, and we're like, you know what? I think we can walk it. So I had already talked to the girl, and we'd been waiting for so long. I was like, hey, whenever a cart is available, we need two of them technically. We might not have enough time to finish, so we'll go ahead and play. But whenever we get two carts, we're just going to pay for nine holes, and we'll just play as many as we can. And she's kind of at that... I don't know if I have the authority to make that deal type oh, of thing. Please. She's got the authority. But that's she's basically got, what she's I'm, got one eye over everything that happens at that <laughs> golf course. So that's basically what I'm throwing out there. But that was probably thirty minutes before we decided to just walk the course. So we get to that point. I just walk in there and just say, Hey, uh, we're just gonna walk it and play as many as she can as we can and she just goes that sounds great. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. You don't have to pay anything. So off we go. So you got a free snack, free range balls, and now free golf. Free golf. We had to walk the first six holes-ish. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like the Viper, here comes <laughs> this girl and some of her cohorts with two carts. Well, For us to use on the house. <laughs> so and we didn't well. So it took you guys walking six holes before carts were available. What what is going on at this place? They had they two carts, had, didn't they? I think they, <laughs> I think they had like four, and that was it. So we we ended up only we before it got dark. I think we got to hole fourteen, and the last hole we played was one of those that you play, and then you realize when you tee off, like this was a huge mistake because none of us know where our ball is. <laughs> But it was fun. And so how'd you free. shoot? That's the real question. After all the time off, how it had to go? Uh, it went okay. I didn't finish the round, so I don't really have a final score. Um, surprisingly, I was not uh, haunted by the huge slice. But 
still had a few like really errant shots, a couple of hooks on drives that were would have taken out Adrian Beltre. I mean, <laughs> just straight left. But uh, yeah, actually it had uh, two pars in a row and almost three, which. Mm. I think we were because we were also trying to play as quickly as we could walking. We were playing from the whites, so a little advantage there. But uh went okay. Not bad. Well it's good to hear, man. Well maybe maybe next time we're together we can enjoy the uh camaraderie of some nice golf. I think I'm in. So I have a quick hit golf story because I played golf today. Well just Wait a minute. So you weren't we're recording a Swole Society episode today, or did you do it while you were playing golf? Are you starting a new podcast called The Whole Society? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one to you guys. Um, no, went and just played usually, I don't know, maybe three times a month. Me and a couple guys from work will go play nine holes even in the morning. Check your phones from out there. It's just like you're working, right? Thanks, COVID. Um, so we, we decided we were going to play a skins game, right? And both of these for money and both these guys are much better golfers than I am. As we know, I'm early in my golf career, but the interesting rule we had, which I don't know if playing a three-way skins game is even a real thing, but that's what we were doing. So... The rule was if two people tied, it rolled over, which is a pretty big advantage when you're a poor golfer because the other two people can tie and kind of save Save you. Yeah. So I won the first hole. One of the other guys won the next hole. Wait, so you won the hole and they weren't giving you strokes or anything? Mm Mm-mm. So you beat two accomplished golfers on the first hole? On the first hole. Wow. Wow. But then after that, shenanigans were going on there. So I think we're, you know, like, I guess we're five holes in one guy's one, three, I've won one and the other guy's one, one. And then we push every, or, and like I said, I'm strokes behind them, but they keep tying. So we push all the way to the ninth hole and I put in for bogey. Both of them had horrible tee shots on this last hole. And one of them's like he's already hitting double bogey, so he doesn't matter. And the other guy has probably a 13, 14 foot putt to tie me. And he does. Oh. I was this close oh. to winning the whole thing in the most backdoor fashion of all time. Hey, you're a golf you're a golf gambler now. I like this. Speaking of gambling, we've got a show bet, and I like this. Yes. Glenn came up with the premise of this. This is a good bet. It's also going to force us to record a couple episodes, which I also think is good. Are, Every are you year, waiting for me to explain it, or are you going to run with it? No, I think explain I feel like you need to explain the Explain the, payout, the bet that Tommy's about to lose. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say, is every year we just pick the NFL playoffs at the start of the playoffs. The loser has to review a documentary. I've lost every year of the show. Get that out of the way first. We obviously can't do that this year because the first round of the playoffs have already happened. And 
Glenn came up with a brilliant idea for how to take it uh, the rest of the way with a very hilarious payoff. So, Glenn, please enlighten us. So, we will pick the NFL playoff games each week through the Super Bowl, but we're picking against the spread. We're not just picking, not picking straight up. So, we're picking against the spread. And whoever finishes in last place, doesn't really matter who wins, whoever finishes in last place has to purchase, we have to figure out price ceiling here, but has to purchase the WWE merchandise of the other two's choice. And then basically the non-losers, it's almost like having a money in the bank case (laughs) to cash in. Because that'll be the tricky part is when the person will have to wear this. Yes. When, when Tommy's going to have to walk around downtown Franklin in his Bootios t-shirt. <laughs> so, And it can't be a situation that's going to get him fired or get him in some kind of trouble. Like if you're, if Tommy as, you know, probably a, a deacon nominee has to speak... <laughs> At church one Sunday, we can't do that, even though I'd like to. You're not going to have me wear the Mr. Ass (laughs) t-shirt? Walk up there in the Austin 316. (laughs) Yes, hello, Pastor. Um, One one quick rule clarification I want to ask, Lynn. Is this limited to officially... WWE licensed merch or are we allowed to go and find because there's a lot of wrestling shirts that aren't necessarily licensed by WWE is this any wrestling shirt I think this is anything I I think we would just have limits on uh, anything that might be a little bit obscene but I think that's for I'm not going to do that to you guys this is more about comedy than about uh, trying to find the most you're not going to do it to us because we're not going to (laughs) lose that's true yeah because I could assure you uh, at a very special dinner date. You're going to be wearing a Chris Benoit shirt <laughs> of him doing pull downs. There's so many. There are so many options. I, I'm I'm really sad. I'm going to not win this bet because I've got so many ideas flying around. But uh, with that being said, we're going to use the uh, current line, not the opening line, uh, as of right now. We're going to start with Dave, uh, and then we're going to work our way uh, around the horn with each person leading off the next round. There's only four games that we have to pick right now, so it shouldn't be too complicated. The the first game on the docket for you, uh, Dave, you're going to start us off, is um, the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff and his pin thumb going up against Jake from State Farm at Lambeau. Jake from State Farm is minus six and a half. So the Rams are getting six and a half. And I will tell you, the number seven is significant in handicapping football. So give me the Packers. So Dave is going to take the Packers minus six and a half. I believe in Aaron Rodgers, Jake from State Farm, and team owner Bob Stern. All right, and I'm going to make a strategic decision to also take Green Bay to keep myself from going down one game immediately to both of you guys. So we have full Green Bay dockage. Second game on the docket, Baltimore Ravens at Buffalo, minus two and a half. So Buffalo, minus two and a half. Glenn, you get to pick first here. Oh, Buffalo is covering that. Uh, If it was... If it was nine, 
I would take Buffalo. That's the biggest lock that well could possibly be conceived this weekend. I believe in Josh Allen more than I believe in anything else in this world. <laughs> I have to agree with Glenn again here. I uh, I'm very high on the Bills. Very high. I have a futures bet for them to win the Super Bowl. Let's get it done. Bills easy over Baltimore. I want to be contrarian just for the the sake of it, but I'm not quite as full throttle as Glenn, but I do think the Bills will cover by <laughs> kicking an oblong ball through a giant H. <laughs> well, here's a, here's an interesting development. Uh, it's my pick first. It's Cleveland at Kansas City. Uh, at least on the app I'm looking at, the line just moved while we were Ooh. doing the segment. So it was nine and a half. It is now ten. Ten is significant. Give me Cleveland mm. plus the double-digit points. Mm. Who goes second? I mean, they just scored 28 in the first quarter. How are they not going to cover 10? It's just math. Yeah, I'm sure they'll... Dave is going second. That. Give me Kansas City and the Patrick Price. Hmm. Yeah, we need Tommy to lose this thing overall, so give me Kansas City. Hold on, can I ask a question? Is is Andy Reid wearing the shield or the mask? <laughs> I think he's shield Andy yeah. Reid definitely covers. He's moved to the mask more recently. I, well, I feel he, like if he that's... goes to the shield, that's that's plus that's minus seventeen right there if he goes to the shield. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But this is going to be the moment you guys look back on when you look down and re- <laughs> realize you're both wearing China t-shirts. Okay, that that is in play. If two people tie for last, yes. then you have two losers. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, no no, there's there's no tiebreaker. If two people tie for last, then two people are getting the shirt punished. Well, that's even 100%. better. The last game the last game is being picked by uh, Glenn first, me second, Dave third. It is Tampa Bay at New Orleans uh, in a matchup of, I think, the two oldest starting quarterbacks in this round of the playoffs to go head-to-head. It is uh, a three-point spread, so New Orleans is favored by three. I will take. And this is going to to lead to a Bay Bay conference championship game i want the buccaneers of tampa bay and you can give it to me money line if you want to (laughs) man this is gonna the shirt's gonna look ready give me new orleans minus three at home glenn falling for the height take new orleans wow you're gonna look at the back of this (laughs) when you're wearing a Gold dust tank top to salt grass. <laughs> oh goodness! All right. Well, okay, gentlemen. So was there it. anything else uh, that we needed? To, yeah, that is the end of the bet. So I've uh, I've written them on paper. You can see here. I'm going to keep it here safely by computer. 
and uh, and then this will force us to record again next week. Uh, and I might do some research in the t- in that time uh, on potential shirts for you guys to be wearing. So uh, I, the only other thing I had was if I can get both of you to watch it. We were going to review Friday Night Lights the movie, and maybe do that next. Could week. happen for next week. Indeed. Could be a uh, could be a strong contender for next. But week. yeah, I, I actually attended a nice high school game this past weekend at uh, Renegade Stadium in Arlington. So a little <laughs> a little Duncanville <laughs> South Lake Carroll. Wow! So is that what we're Ooh, calling it now, Renegade Stadium? <laughs> but it was good. Uh, it was an upset. Duncanville, the heavy favorite. Uh, decided to put up zero points in the second half and took the L in the battle that... Wow, a little dodgeball being played out there. The battle that some called the Latarians against the Arians. I don't endorse <laughs> that. But Southlake... Uh, we, are, we are a faith-based podcast, and that's the kind of humor we're Southlake is very fundamental, and they <laughs> brought the win home. Would you say that, from your vantage point, it seemed like that perhaps they had a pretty good understanding of the playbook? It's and to be, maybe Duncanville was just trying to free, freestyle a little bit more, you know, maybe rely on athleticism to get them out of some situations. I'm not going to speak about and uh, make a judgment about Duncanville, but I'm just going to say it seemed like Southlake had practiced a lot. And they ended up winning. It's good finally. to see those kids finally get know, something good in their all lives. They've been through the economic, all the struggles. Probably half their half their parents are in jail for storming the Capitol right now. So, so it could be some <laughs> tough times. The economic downturn earlier. I mean, just something finally going their way. So hopefully they can, maybe they can get a state title this weekend. I will not be there this weekend. I'm gonna. We- yeah, we have a father-son coaching matchup in the state title game. That's uh, that hasn't happened since the awesome dong. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Well, gentlemen, this has been this has been enjoyable. We will we will probably tentatively plan to have that movie review next week and a uh, quick review of the conference finals, where uh, we will not be seeing Tampa Bay represented. You'll see. You'll see. Who'd you pick in the Chief, Chiefs, Chiefs game? to cover? Were you? What about you, Tommy? Oh, I I took uh, Browns in the Swole Society. I don't mean no disrespect, baby. You can call me in a while. Got this pain right in my chest, baby. It's been hurting for a while.